0: Krishna. Krishna, everybody, please say Hare Krishna. Hare Krishna. Hare Krishna. Hare Krishna. Hare Krishna. Krishna, Krishna. Krishna Krishna. Krishna Krishna. Hare Hare. Hare, Hare. Hare, Rama. Hare, Rama. Hare, Rama. Hare Rama. Hare Rama. Rama Rama. Rama, Rama. Rama, Rama. Hare, Hare. Hare Hare. On this most auspicious day of Janmashtami let us. Try to understand why we are celebrating Janmashtami. Try to understand means we should understand from Shastra. Among which, all these, among all these Shastras, Bhagavad Gita is particularly important. Yes, Svalanka Padma, not Mukha Padma, that is Because this is directly spoken by Lord Sri Krishna himself about himself. Now, in Bhagavad Gita, Lord Krishna directly uh, discusses the topic of this Janma, or birth in the well-known verse: Janma karma cale jiviyame bhavyo vriti tat atah tat janma naiti which means that Krishna says that whoever understands the transcendental nature of my appearance and activities does not, upon quitting his body, Take birth again in this material world, but returns to me. So we are celebrating Krishna's appearance in this material world because by doing so we will ourselves not have to take birth again in this material world. Now Krishna says that his janna, his appearance, and his karma, his activities, they are divine. they are transcendent. It is clear from Krishna's statements in Bhagavad-gita that he is not an ordinary person. If he was an ordinary person, then Bhagavad-gita would not be very important. That he is the Supreme Personality of Godhead, whose worth understanding is explained by himself in the verses previous to the one I just quoted. This Janma-karamachamedyabhyam verse comes in the fourth chapter of Bhagavad-gita, which uh, Krishna opens by discussing the nature of the trip, the uh, the necessity of speaking transcendental knowledge exposes to our journey krishna opens the fourth chapter of bhagavad gita by stating imam divas ram nana krishna says that i long ago spoke this knowledge to the Sangha who spoke it to who spoke it to Manu, who in turn spoke it to Gujarati. And then Ivan Parampara Tamilam Rajashi who Sakali Nahamatat Yoga Nashokaram Sab. Then Krishna says that this knowledge was being passed down from one simply king to another but in pass of time, the parampara of the succession became broken. Therefore, Krishna says, I am again speaking this knowledge to you, to re-establish that knowledge within the world. I am speaking this uh, transcendental mystery to you, because you are my devotee and my friend. At this point, Arjuna interrupts Krishna. He has some doubt. param janami tadvijani Arjuna says to Krishna that Virasvam is much older than you. As far as Arjuna knew, Krishna was his friend and contemporary. So Arjuna was wondering how is it possible That Krishna could have spoken to the sun god many millions of years ago when, as far as Arjuna knew, Krishna was just born a few years ago, the same time as Arjuna was. Now Arjuna did not exactly doubt Krishna because he had great faith in Krishna and he had surrendered to Krishna as his guru. But he was confronted with some information which he could not understand at all. Therefore he asked Krishna, how am I to understand this? He didn't reject that Krishna was speaking all nonsense, but he accepted that there is something here being told that is beyond his present range of understanding. So in reply, Krishna spoke something that he would already told Arjuna. He had already told Arjuna that every living being in this material world is going from body to body, and now again he tells Arjuna. He tells Arjuna that many, many births, both you and I have had, Arjuna. I can remember them all, but you cannot. And this is the difference between Krishna and Arjuna. That Krishna is the supreme personality of Godhead. He never forgets anything. Whereas Arjuna, even though a great devotee of Krishna, is not all knowledgeable as Krishna is. Now in the next verse following this, Krishna begins to explain the purpose of his coming to this world and the transcendental nature of his doing so. Now in that verse I first quoted, Janma Karma Chamejivyam, Krishna speaks about his Janma or his birth. But just previously to this, in this series of verses, he says, Ajah that I am unborn. Krishna says, that we, you and I have both had many births. But then he says, I am unborn, I never take birth. How is this to be understood? Therefore it is a mystery. This cannot be understood by mundane logic. Axiomatically, mundane logic cannot describe that which is beyond the mundane, that which is transcendental. In the, the spiritual atmosphere, apparently contradictory characteristics can be uh, can be in a person. A person, person can have mutually contradictory. Characteristics. And especially in the supreme personality of Godhead Krishna, because he is complete, everything is within him. He is born and he is unborn. He is the greatest in size. All the universes come from his Transcendental Body. At the same time, he is so small that he enters into every atom. So, if at all we are to understand Krishna, the Supreme Personality of Godhead, we have to understand that it is not possible to do so merely by stretching the powers of our mundane logic. Krishna is, Krishna is transcendental, therefore he can be understood by transcendental love. Now Krishna says, mm-hmm. He says that I am unborn and I am... Abhyala Atma, this means my body never deteriorates. Earlier in the teacher, Krishna says that for every living being who has taken birth, death is certain, and for every living being who has died, birth is certain. But here in this verse Krishna says that I am Avyaya atma means that my transcendental body never deteriorates. Krishna never dies. As we have heard, one who understands Krishna, he never has to die. He goes to the spiritual world never to take birth again. So if by understanding Krishna one becomes free from birth and death, then certainly Krishna himself is free from birth and death. Two of these symptoms of a liberated soul Told in the Chandogya Upanishad, Ah, Vijara Vimritu, the liberated soul never becomes, this uh, never becomes affected by old age or death. Krishna is Vijara. He never is, in- is never subject to the torments of old age. We have seen a picture of Krishna driving the chariot of Arjuna at Kurukshetra. At that time, according to worldly calculations, he was more than 120 years old. But, you will see that he looks as fresh as a 16-year-old boy. Because Krishna's form is always like that of a fresh youth. This is described in the Brahma That Krishna has many forms. But they are all the same one supreme personality. Thing. He is without any beginning. And he is the oldest person, but he always appears as a beautiful, fresh youth. Sometimes in the Christian tradition, they have portrayed God as an old man with a very long beard. Because they think he created the world, he must be very old. So, but now he must have many wrinkles on his face. And because he's busy sending everyone to hell, he doesn't have time to shave, so he must have a long beard. This is a misunderstanding. Krishna is always fresh and young. He is the supreme controller of everything. He is not under the control of time. In this material world, everyone is under the control of time. And thus, it is inevitable that our bodies become old and worn out. But Krishna's form is Satchit ananda anam His form is eternal, full of bliss and knowledge. It does not deteriorate in course of time. Krishna's body is not composed of material atoms. Krishna's body is purely spiritual. So the nature of that which is spiritual is opposite to that which is material. Everything material is subject to decay. But that which is spiritual is never subject to decay. Deterioration is a symptom or characteristic of material existence. Sometimes some person or some nation may become very powerful, but in due course of time, that power deteriorates. Just like we see a short time ago, Mr. Yeltsin was very powerful in this country, now he is not. Or as one Russian lady commented this afternoon, we were on Kainan, Ketan, and I was speaking, that Russian, Russian is known to be very strong. And she replied that we have lost all our strength. So, Russia appears to be a somewhat less powerful country than it was previously. So everything in the material world is like that. For some time, one person or one nation becomes very powerful. And after some time, that power becomes diminished. Some of the countries that are now in Europe were previously very powerful and controlled much of Europe, and they are now very insignificant. Previously, Lithuania had a great empire. Now it's just a tiny thing you can hardly find on the map. Tataristan, the Tatars were once uh, controlling a large area. Not anymore. Not anymore. For hundreds of years Austria was what, the most powerful country in, in Central Europe at least. Huge empire and also Turkey at one point was a great power, now they have lost their power. So Krishna is much more powerful than any empire of this tiny insignificant than And Krishna's power never diminishes. Krishna does not have to do yoga exercises to stay young. He doesn't have to go to the gymnasium. He doesn't have to, uh, adopt political diplomacy to maintain his strength, his political strength. But even without any effort on his own part, he remains the overlord and the autocrat of everything that we do. <speaking> For In the Srivasvatara Upanishad, he stated that the Supreme Lord has nothing to do. He is not obliged to do any work. And he is supremely independent. No one is equal to him or greater than him. And all the functions of maintaining the material and spiritual worlds go on by his energy. It is not that because the Supreme Lord is overseeing the universes that he has a big headache in Buddhism. It's not that he's sitting in a big office with 20 phones and picking them all up and saying, do this, do that, and managing and having so much headache. But rather he is simply playing in Ramana. How can he do that? Because he is... Energies work so nicely that everything goes on even without its direct management. Now we see present here today are some members of the Hindu community from India. In general Hinduism, this Krishna consciousness that is known as Vaishnavism or Vaishnav Dharma. And in general Hindu culture, the Vaishnav Dharma is considered to be a part of Hinduism. We have some little disagreement with this because uh, from the philosophical from the cultural point of view this Vaishnavism may be considered Hinduism but from the absolute transcendental position it is beyond any ism of this material world within Hinduism. Anyway, for the sake of argument we can say that uh, within Hinduism many people are Vaishnav, but there are also many Shaivas or those who worship Lord Shiva and also many shaktas who worship shakti, who is known by many names, Adipara, Shakti, Durga, Parvati, Devi, Amrita, Bhundaneshpuri, Chandika, and so names. You know. Now those who worship shakti can see the material. She is actually the personification of the material energy, they consider so her to be supreme. But the Vaishnavas know that the shakti, she is the shakti of the shakti man, he who possesses the shakti, who is Krishna. So, although within this material world, Durga Devi, is apparently supremely powerful, she is also under the superintendence of Krishna. Suṣṭhī sṭṭhī shakti, chayeva chayeva-yasi-guvanāna. That's about shakti-guvanāna. Chayeva-yasi-guvanāna-yiparati Durga Anyway, this verse describes that Yoga Devi, she is all powerful in the matter of, in all the matters of this material world. creation, maintenance, destruction, but she works just like a shadow of the possessor of the potency. Is Krishna. So it should be understood that in all ways, Krishna is not affected by the material energy. He is the controller of the material energy. Therefore, it is a uh, mistake to think that Krishna takes birth or dies in the same way that an ordinary person does. Even in the Mahabharata and Srimad Bhagavatam, it is described that Krishna died due to being hit in a... Foot by a poisoned arrow of a hunter. But in Srimad Bhagavatam it is clearly described that this was just a show of Krishna. Otherwise he cannot be killed. There's no pressure in being killed by anyone or anything. Krishna single handedly killed many thousands of demons during his tenure on this earth, and there is no Question of him being killed by the, uh, by an insignificant forest hunter. So Krishna never dies, and Krishna is never actually born in the same sense that we say born. But he appears in this material world by the agency of his own internal energy, his own personal energy, Atman. And why does he do that? Why should God come to this miserable material world? Krishna is satchiranandana, he means he is eternal, full of knowledge and bliss. But the nature of this material world is asat, achat, achit, mirananda. It is, everything here is temporary, everything here is full of ignorance and everything is miserable. So Krishna describes that he comes to this material world with a particular purpose. Elsewhere in the Gita Krishna describes that he has no work to do, nor is he attached to the fruits of any work. So it's not that he is obliged to do anything, but he comes to this material world out of his own mercy. This he says he comes atmanaya, means by his own energy or it also means by his own mercy. The Krishna explains why he comes yadā dharmasyā adharmasyā tadā Krishna says that whenever and wherever there is a decline in religious principles, at that time I again myself And dharma Krishna says, "I come in every age for three particular purposes: to uplift and protect and save the saintly person. and to destroy the ungodly persons, and to also to re-establish the principles of religion." As Krishna had just previously explained, that. By the influence of time, which is a degrading influence in this particular world, religious principles gradually get covered over and perverted. So, Krishna comes to re-establish these principles. Now, Srila Prabhupada has explained that the main purpose for which Krishna comes is to give Saka to his devotees. To give Saka means to give assurance because the act of destroying the demons can be done by his external energy. The demons means those who are, uh, they are within the material energy. But so many demons can be killed by one earthquake, for instance, or some wars. So the real reason Krishna comes is to give encouragement to his devotees. Devotees live in this world, but their attention is focused on the spiritual world. They are always thinking of spiritual existence, of the Supreme, the Supreme, beloved Loving Lord. So, Krishna comes to show himself to them, to give assurance that, yes, I exist. Do not be done. That, Clearly this material world is not your Krishna comes to show his wonderful pastimes to attract us, to join in them eternally. And he comes to speak Bhagavad Gita, to give the knowledge by which we make mistakes in living If one at all studies Krishna, he can understand that Krishna is not an ordinary person. Some people... Uh, they deny that Krishna even exists. But they are not able to explain that if Krishna does not exist, then why does he hold so much fascination for so many people after so many thousands of years? Sometimes people say, well, religion is for sentimental people only. But we find that the uh, most analytical and deep philosophy in the world is that of the Vaishnavas of the Vaishnavs who have the Vaishnavs have in great detail analyzed all points of philosophy and established unquestionably 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 for any reasonable person that indeed Krishna is the Supreme Personality. Sometimes people say that Krishna is immoral. He is a very lusty person. You know you, you, you see he had sixteen thousand one hundred and eight wives. Actually they are envious. They would also, they would like to enjoy like that, but they cannot, because they are not God and He is God. Of course it should be understood that the queens of Krishna that Krishna himself is not ordinary and his queens, they are also not ordinary. <speaking in foreign language> Krishna is always enjoying <speaking in foreign> ananya <language> Transcendental, this world exchanges with his devotees. So she Radharani and her expansions of Rudmani and all the queens in Goraka, they are also of the same nature. They are not ordinary. Materialistic women, but they are transcendental goddesses of fortune. They are all blissful as Krishna is. as Kavadi. Uh, so there is uh, Krishna's leela There is no material discrepancy in that. Material? Yeah, there's no material no. discrepancy in Krishna's constant. And. Uh. and as Prabhupada once explained that even if you accuse Krishna of being lusty, then you have to admit that he is the supreme lusty. Even if due to our envious nature we accuse Krishna of being possessed of the same defects that we have, still we have to see that Krishna can enjoy in a manner that is not at all possible for us. Or also as Prabhupada explained, that people are saying, so many wives, 16,100 years. but for Krishna, why only 16,100 years? He is the Supreme Lord. Lakshmi sahasra sandana Krishna is always served in the spiritual world by hundreds and thousands and millions of lakshmi's or oh, goddesses of is Krishna is the supreme in all respects. This is to be understood. That even though Krishna appears in this world apparently in some ways like an ordinary person, he is not ordinary at all. He is extraordinary. He is beyond the normal birth and death situation of human beings of this material world. And that is, again, it is apparent by the fact that so many people are worshipping Krishna and are attracted to Krishna. He is not at all an ordinary person. Krishna is so great and so wonderful and so unlimited that all the great poets of the world put together could not begin to explain even 1% of one of his glories even in millions of languages. Krishna is so great, and we are so small. It would appear that there is an unbridgeable gap between us. But another symptom of Krishna's greatness is his amazing mercy, by which he makes himself available to us. Even though in this material world we are all fallen, Krishna comes to this world personally to save us. This is why we are celebrating Janmashtami, this wonderful event. Of course, to explain this fully would, if we were to explain this fully, then we would still be sitting here next Janmashtami and we would have hardly begun the description. Because Krishna's glories are so great, there is no end to them. Krishna has very kindly made himself available to us very easily. But even if we're not very uh, expert in poetry or understanding philosophy, Krishna still makes Himself available to us out of His plan. Even if one is not very expert yeah. in poetry or understanding philosophy. Especially in that everyone is very fallen. But Krishna has made Himself very easily available to us in this Kalibuya, simply by chanting His own name. Mainly, Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare, Hare Rama, Hare Rama, Rama Rama, Hare Hare. So, the best way to celebrate Janmashtami is by chanting. Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare, Hare Rama, Hare Rama, Rama Rama, Hare Hare. Of course, there are many other wonderful transcendental activities that may be undertaken. Srila Prabhupada once recommended to devotees, or he himself did actually, he was with devotees celebrating Janmashtami, and they simply sat and read this Krishna book all day. Srila Prabhupada has very calmly translated this thick nectar of Krishna's pastimes and made it available as this Krishna-leal book. So, uh, this. Invaluable nectar is available in the form of this book. I'm told it's only 30 rubles. I can hardly believe it's so cheap. Is that the right price, Amir? If this book cost 30 million rubles, it would still be not enough to pay. Even if you gave 30 million rubles, it wouldn't equal the value of this book. If you brought all the money in Moscow and put it on one side, and this book on the other, this book would be more valuable. Money has some use in the material world. It causes a lot of headaches also. But by understanding Krishna from this book, Krishna Reena, then we will no longer have to worry about Googles and copegs. We will live in the spiritual world with Krishna. So I would like to invite everyone to take one Krishna book. Srila Prabhupada said anyone who reads this book will become a devotee. So hopefully you all have one of these books in your home, at least one, but it is my personal request that you all take another one and give it to a friend. And even the members of the Hindu community here who may not read in Russian, you can take it and give it to a friend also. So I would like to invite you to come and take these books and usually Zabawis, they like it because Simon also. Prabhupada was very pleased when his books were distributed. So, we can get Krishna's mercy by pleasing his devotees. We can get Krishna's mercy by pleasing his devotees. So, you can please Krishna and you yourself will also become very happy by taking this book. Also, on uh, Prabhupada's daughter, I am also writing a few books. And some copies are here.